Acts chapter 13, verses 1, 2, and 3. This is what it reads like. Hallelujah. Now the church that was at Antioch, there were certain prophets and teachers, Barnabas, Simeon, who was called Niger, Lucius of Cyrene, Manan, who had been brought up with Herod the Tetrarch, and Saul. Verse 2. And as they ministered to the Lord and fasted, the Holy Spirit said, Now separate to me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I have called them. Then having fasted and prayed and laid hands on them, they sent them away. Father, we come today, we thank you and we praise you for your grace and your mercy. Thank you for this service. We pray for those that are not here uh, due to sickness and illness that is going around. We pray for them. We ask God right now that you will speak to us, Lord, from your word. And we give you the praise and glory in Jesus' name. Let the church say, you can be seated. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Amen, amen. Well, we're going to have to replace all these microphones, I think, with cordless mics. These cords are all over up here. I'm going to, I'm going to trip all over myself here in a minute if I don't watch what I'm doing. Uh, I want to speak today on a subject titled, Understanding the Act of Worship. Understanding the act of worship. Um, I want to speak about worship and us understanding what worship really involves. Now, I believe all of us at times take things for granted. Amen. I think we all at certain times think take things for granted. We assume we got something down pat and don't need to investigate any further. And then we are surprised with a rude awakening that we have been partially or totally off course. Amen. How many, how many do you understand what I've said so far? Amen. We all take things for granted. And we think, well, I got this down pat, I've got this handled. But then something happens and we get ourselves in on a rude awakening, realizing that we have either been partially or sometimes totally off course. <laughs> it's kind of like a man thing who, when they're traveling, won't never stop to ask for directions. Amen, ladies? I thought I'd get an amen of the ladies here anyway. Hallelujah. I mean, I know cases, I know cases of men getting a, getting a hundred miles off course simply because they're too macho and got this man thing going on. I want to bless God, I know where I'm at. Yeah, you're on planet Earth somewhere. <laughs> Glory to God. Amen, and unfortunately that happens some uh, sometime. Well, 
worship is one of those things we who are church savvy feel we've got down pat. I mean, you know, hey, we're church savvy. We've been in church for years, and we don't need nobody to tell us nothing about worship. We've got we got worship down pat. But since worship is so important, as the scriptures calls upon us to do, we don't need to take for granted that we understand everything about it all the time. Hallelujah. Because worship is just as important to the born-again believer as it is to the new convert who's repenting and being baptized in Jesus' name and receiving the Holy Ghost. We need to understand worship. And as a pastor, I feel like that it behooves me to make sure beyond a shadow of a doubt that some of these issues that I'm talking about, such as worship, I want, I want us all to make sure and understand that we know what it's all about. What it's all about. Hallelujah. Amen. Um, we better know what it is, and we better know that we know what it is and to whom that it is directed. Hallelujah. Now, here in the first part of chapter 13 of Acts, we get a rare look into a first century worship service. There are not many of them recorded, but right here in the 13th chapter, the first part of it, of the book of Acts, we're actually looking into a worship service of the first century church. That's what they're, they're in a service to get together in the church. They're at the church at, at Antioch. Amen. And there were many men there who were prominent men, men that we've, we know about. We know about the name Barnabas. Amen. Uh, and, uh, and, and Simeon. And we know about Saul, which... His name was changed later to what? Paul. Amen. So, I want you to realize that if you, those of you that's got your Bibles and that's following me in your Bibles, look at this. You are getting a rare glimpse into a church service in New Testament times. Hallelujah. <laughs> and if it explains to us what Worship is, and to whom it is directed. Now, notice verse 2 that we read in our text. It says, as they ministered to the Lord. Now, as they were gathered together in this church service, in the church that was in Antioch, the Bible said they ministered to the Lord and fasted. Now, what were they doing? Were they all preaching a sermon to God? 
ministry means far more than just somebody preaching. Hallelujah. Somebody bringing a message. And we see here that the Bible says they ministered. And they ministered not to one another. There's a time for that. But right here, they were ministering to the Lord. Amen. Now, I want to I help you here, and I want you to get a hold of something, that you get this into your spirit and let it be just as much a part of you as Acts 2.38. Hallelujah. They, minister, they were ministering to the Lord and fasting. They, they, wouldn't, they wouldn't have no feast day. They didn't all bring a covered dish. They wouldn't have them potluck like we have so much. Come on. But they were fasting. Amen. There's a lot of us this morning before we got here, we had some biscuits and gravy or a cup of coffee or, uh, uh, you know, something like that. But listen, they didn't take the time for that before they got to the church house. They were fasting. They were putting spiritual things first. Come on, somebody. Now, I understand this, this wasn't every time at the head service. This was on one particular service for they had come together. And in this particular service, they had decided to fast like it. Certain times we call a Daniel fast, and we, we fast. At this particular time, they were fasting. The word minister, as used in this verse, comes from a Greek word that's pronounced liturgo. Liturgo. And simply stated, it means to worship. To worship. Matter of fact, some translations of the Bible, if you've got a, a different translation than the King James or the New King James, it's, it would say, and they, as they worshiped. Amen. The word minister, they worshiped. And the Bible said they was worshiping unto the Lord, we minister unto the Lord by worshiping Him. Come on, somebody. Hallelujah. Let us always remember that. You're not preaching to God, but loving on Him in worship. Now, we're talking about what really worship is all about and how worship should be conducted. Uh, I wonder how God receives that kind of thing. Hello, somebody. You know, in the Old Testament, 
when they made sacrifices in it. That's how they worshiped back in, in the Old Testament time. They had sacrifices and they made sacrifices. You know what some of them did? Some of them would go out to the stockyard and they'd find a lamb or some kind of animal that was limping and lame. And they thought, well, I'm not going to get much for that animal, Douglas. I'm not going to get much out of that animal if I take it down here and sell it. It's not going to bring much. It's got a defect. So I just will give this to the house of the Lord. God got on to him hot and heavy. He said, do not bring me the halt and the maim and the lame or a donkey with one eye. Hello, somebody. And now, since our form of worship is this way, when we go to God's house and we half-heartedly worship God, oh, hallelujah, you know what God's looking at? You offer him a lame lamb. Come on, because you're not giving God your best in worship. I'm here to tell you, if you give in, whatever it is you've given to God, if it's worth giving, it's worth you giving him the best. Hallelujah. Glory to God. And now I'm talking about everything that we give unto God because everything you do towards God is an act of worship. Hallelujah. Amen. If I'm scrubbing the bathroom toilets and I've done my share of that for the church, I because, let me tell you something. When I do something for the house of God, I want to do a better job for that than I would if I was working on my own home. Because what I'm doing, I'm doing it unto God. Hallelujah. Now, in my study... I found out something interesting that worship also means to kiss. It's broke down in many areas. Actually meaning loving on him in worship, attributing worth and glory to him, I found out, and, and, and this, is something, this is something new that I just found out studying for this message, that it means to kiss in kind of the same way as a dog would lick his master's hand. No, chew on that for a while. Kind of same way as a dog would lick his master's hand. It means to prostrate oneself or to make oneself low. Hallelujah. Now, I'm going to tell you something. I've been in some church services and some groups that I see entirely way too much demonstration of the flesh. Hallelujah. Amen. You know, there ain't, there ain't too much uh, that's more prettier than a peacock out in the field when they spread their feathers. Ain't they, ain't they beautiful? 
But I'm going to tell you something that's ugly looking. It's when you got some people in the church house on the platform spreading their feathers. Hallelujah. I mean, you can tell if you sit back sometime and you watch some people and how they worship and what they do in the house of God, all they're trying to do is try to outdo somebody else. Hello, somebody. And that is not the kind of worship that God has ordained. That's not the type of worship that God will receive. When you really get true worship, you prostrate oneself. You make oneself low. It means to reverence and adore. Now, i got to stop right here and say this. Listen to me. Man, I'm, I'm like Brother Bobby said this morning. Lord of mercy, y'all done went back there and turned up that clock on me. Hallelujah. Too many of us, and please, as, as your pastor, get a hold of this. Because if you get a hold of this and you put this into practice, I will promise you we will see more of the glory of God demonstrating in our service. We'll see more healings. We'll see more people filled with the Holy Ghost. We'll see God move in so many ways. Listen, too many of us approach worship with the wrong motives. We approach worship. Remember, they ministered to who? Unto the Lord. True worship is all about Him and not about us. Uh, there's a church that we have gone to several times and preached for. Um, my mind is not working for me. Um, I forget, I can't even think now of the city, but um, I, I remember one thing about it. It's, it's the area of the country down here in Tennessee, I mean, that Sister Mary McNeese knows well. Um, I, I'm just not thinking right now. Huh? Um, well, anyway, they got a, they got a sign up over that says it's all about him it's all about him and worship true worship is all about him it's not about us now hold on hold on right now to the reins are you if you don't hold on good and tight you're going to be like somebody climbing up on one of them mechanical bulls. They're going to turn it up faster and you're going to get thrown off. Hold on, because I'm going to turn it up right now. Listen. Hallelujah. It's not about what needs you have or anything you receive. I get so bothered when I hear somebody up leading worship as they're leading worship telling people, Okay, what is it you need from the Lord today? That's not worship. When you start talking about what you need, you're not giving God nothing. True worship is not about you. 
It's all about Him. Hallelujah. It's not about what you receive, but it's about what God receives, about you giving to God. You've heard me say this. The worship service is God's part of the service. Whatever God gets out of a service, he gets in the worship service. God don't get nothing out of what I'm doing right here and right now. Because if, I, if I've done what I'm supposed to be doing, it is him that's speaking through me right now. He's giving out now. But the worship service is the part of the service that we give unto God. Hallelujah. It's about giving unto God. We are not worshiping him for what we can get out of him or because of what he has done for us. We worship him simply because of who he is. What's that song we used to we sang? Because of who you are, I give you glory. He is God, the Lord Almighty. And then we worship him for thanksgiving and thankfulness. Hallelujah. You see, when we get into it with the right motive, and we're worshiping him out of pure love, It's going to touch the heart of God. And then before the service is over, needs will be met. Needs will be met. But don't go into it. Don't go into it like, oh, God, I'm going to do this because I'm going to get this from you. That's the wrong motive. It's the wrong attitude. I'm going to tell off on Ronnie now. I don't remember all the details about it, but I came home from work one time years ago, and Rodney, Rodney was little, small, and he had made out a little note or a card or or something, and uh, written out to me, and he gave it to me, and I, I don't remember it. Everything about it, by the, the, the most important part I remember. Uh, uh, Diddy, I love you. I was so happy over that. I pulled out my billfold and I gave him a dollar bill. Guess what happened with the neck within the next hour and a half? He was coming back with something else. His little mind done latched on to something. Hey, I done got a hold of something here. <laughs> Glory. You know the word says that if we being evil know how to give good things to our our children, how much more our heavenly father? Come on. That touched me so much. It wasn't a Father's Day. It wasn't my birthday. 
it was spontaneous. And it caused me to want to give in reaction. Church, this is what I'm saying about God. When you give unto God that kind of way, it's spontaneous, it's free from your heart. It's because of what you feel. It's going to touch God in that same way, and he is going to want to reach back. And I guarantee you God's got a whole lot more in his pocketbook than what I got in mine. That is what worship is all about. Give God a hand clap of praise. I'm going to talk just a little bit about true worship involves a sacrifice. And I'm going to close. True worship involves a sacrifice. A lot of people don't mind giving something if it don't cost them nothing. Hallelujah. Do you know we live in a day and hour that people don't just don't like to be, they use the term put out? Come on, somebody. I mean, you know, people just don't want to be, they don't want, they, they, they don't want to be put upon. It's not like it used to be many years ago. Hallelujah. <laughs> we can go out here and try to get together a whole bunch of these the, the millennials, these the younger people, the millennials. It's kind of like kind of like a picture. Picture I seen on Facebook one time. This one dude, young dude, standing there, you know, and all pierced up and all marked up and uh, with tattoos and everything, and he's saying, "I'm gonna." I'm going to start a revolution in this country. And then underneath it, it had a, had a picture of John Wayne standing there and saying, you don't even know how to start a lawnmower. <laughs> Glory. <laughs> Hallelujah. Amen. We, we don't want to have... We're, this generation is always wanting to, to receive, but they don't want to give. But true worship means a sacrifice. Let me give you the, uh, a scripture the very first time the word worship is mentioned in the Bible. Genesis chapter 22 and verse 5. This is the very first time the word worship is in the Bible. And Abraham said to his young men, Abide ye here with the ass, and I and the lad will go yonder and worship and come again to you. How many knows what's going on in that verse right there? Hallelujah. God then spoke to Abraham and told him to do what? Sacrifice Isaac. He got together a group of men and his boy, and they took out, and when they found the place, he looked far off and he saw the place God was leading him to. He told the rest. Let me tell you, let me, this, that verse right there also shows you what faith is all about. 
God had told him, Brother Jeff, I want you to I want you to sacrifice that boy. Now that was back before the day, Brother Bob, there wasn't no Bible. Abraham didn't have a Bible to read. He didn't even have the Old Testament Bible to read. Abraham never had went to a tent revival where the evangelists talked about one day there's going to be a, a resurrection. Nobody had ever taught him anything about a resurrection. But the Word of God lets us know that Abraham believed that God was resurrected. And he told the men that came with him, he said, y'all stay, stay right here. Me and my boy, we're going to go over yonder and worship, meaning there's going to be a sacrifice. We're going to, and we're going to come back. Abraham didn't understand everything about it. He didn't know all the details of what God was going to do. But my Lord, he said, me and my boys are going to worship God, and we are coming back, not just me. We're coming back. That is the kind of faith that you and I got to get a hold of. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory. My Lord, my Lord, my Lord. Now, since Jesus sacrificed himself for the sin of the world, we no longer have to sacrifice an animal or some, something like that in worship. So how and what do we sacrifice in worship? I'm skipping the scripture in my notes. I'm going because I want to redeem the time. But I'm going to take you to Jeremiah chapter 33 and verse 11. Now, this is what it says. The voice of joy and the voice of gladness. The voice of the bridegroom and the voice of the bride. The voice of them that shall say, praise the Lord of hosts, for the Lord is good. You see, when we come together for worship and we say, God is good, and somebody says all the time, God, we're, do, we're, we're, we're including that in the worship, but God says it in the Bible here. Come on, listen, look at, look at this. For his mercy endureth forever, and of them that shall bring the sacrifice of praise into the house of the Lord. Oh, glory, hallelujah. For I will cause them, cause to return the captivity of the land as the first saith the Lord, oh, my Lord, hallelujah. That is the type of sacrifice that we make today. We don't sacrifice an animal. Jesus made the perfect sacrifice. And when we come into the house of God, amen, we got on our mind that we want to give God something. Hallelujah. We want to make an offering to God. We're going to sacrifice. Hallelujah. And it's going to be the sacrifice of praise. We're going to come in his house and we're going to talk about how good God is. Oh, hallelujah. We're going to talk about amen, his loving kindness, his mercy. Hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. Then the heavens is going to hear and it's going to rain down glory and power. I'm not through, but I'm going to quit right there because I believe you got, got a hold of what I'm trying to preach this morning. Please, church, please, let's, let's not 
add nothing to what we call worship. Let's realize that our worship is all about Him, not about us. Our worship is not about what we receive, but what about He receives from us. And when that happens, God will respond. God will respond. Hallelujah. And I guarantee you what he'll give you back has got a lot more value to it than that dollar bill that I gave Ronnie that day. Hallelujah. Let's all stand together.